The Radical Secular, a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state. For full video episodes, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Radical Secular. My name is Christoph Defoe, and uh, today we're going to talk to you about purity on the Democratic side. So we're talking about like progressive purity and what that means for um, for the progress of the, of the Biden campaign and ultimately for democracy. But before we get into that, we want to do some show notes and a bunch of things that we have going on, which are very exciting, we think anyway. Um, so right now we are reaching a relatively small number of people. We want to turn a few hundred, few hundred people into a few thousand people, into a force to be reckoned with, into a political movement. That's what we're here to do. So what we, uh, we what we'd like you to do is talk to your friends, right? Make a make a commitment. If you like the show, if you like the show, and if you're watching, you probably do like the show. So what, tell two of your friends, tell three of your friends, right? And we love the fact that you have been doing, you know, sharing uh, those of us that those that uh, are on Facebook or on Instagram that you've been sharing and talking to it. Please continue to do that, and also talk to your friends. Um, in a similar vein, we are we have an Instagram account. We have a Twitter account, and um, we would love to talk to you. We also, by the way, have a um, email uh, email address, uh, which is theradicalsecular at gmail.com. That is theradicalsecular at gmail.com. No spaces or anything. And uh, please, uh, we've actually gotten some, some really great feedback from people already about uh, and things that we could do, be doing better, which we are in the business of trying to make ourselves better here. So please definitely reach out to us. If you want to be on the show, if you have a perspective that you, that you want to share, if you have ideas about what the world how we can make a better world. If you have expertise in a specific area and you'd like to talk about it, we would love to have you on the show. Look, we only have a few hundred people that are watching this thing. We will respond. We will respond quickly. Absolutely. Um, because that's what, you know, that's what we're trying to do. Sean, am I missing anything? Am I missing anything? I don't think so. No, thanks a lot for that. Uh, I'm Sean Prophet, and uh, I'm super excited to be here this week because we have a lot to talk to you about. This whole subject of uh, progressive purity has been just, I have been fuming and I know, <laughs> I know for that, sure, uh, Christoph. Last week, when uh, uh, when I started bringing some of this stuff up, you were talking about it was uh, it was it was giving you physical pain. Well, the pain oh. is on its way, dude. Man, we're going to be talking about we're, be, we're bringing the pain this time this week because uh, it's good. It's rough. This is rough, man. We're you know brutal. We have uh, so much uh, going for us. We had an exciting announcement this week about about uh, Kamala Harris being uh, Joe Biden's running mate. I mean, that is historic and exciting, and I could not be more pumped about it. And super uh, excited. Yeah. So that's that's I think that, that's it's it, we're blending we're blending this excitement with with the 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 inevitable pain that we get from the belly aching uh, on the left. Frankly, it's 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 really depressing, and we're just going to go into a lot of those arguments and just discuss really because we have to. We don't have a choice. We have to take this on. We have to actually look at the reality of our situation and 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 what what the hell is, is going on on the Democratic side because it's something that it sank us in 2016. We cannot afford that again. It is it is we are in an existential fight for the soul and the future of this nation. And uh, you know it's it's like we, we like to keep it a little light on this show and 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 levity is always good. But I tell you, I mean this is this is as serious as a as a fucking heart attack. It, it, it really, it, it really is, Sean, and and this is why. Again, but but before we roll on, you know, this is why we really we need you. We need everyone out there, right? We need you to uh, certainly, right? Biden and Kamala Harris, right? Like they they need you, uh, and we uh, to, to to vote to 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 make phone calls and everything else. But be up, but more than that. We need you to be part of a movement, right? A movement of rational, like thinking about these political problems rationally, right? Thinking about these political problems from the perspective of of of, of real history, uh, right? And 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 to be able to think clearly. Anyone who was around last week when we talked to uh, to Joe, he was really really great about talking. We talked a lot about uh, how uh, the, the crisis of of critical thought 
and critical thinking skills that, that, that we have in America. And so by being part of this movement that we're trying to start here, that we're talking about on the radical secular, you can, and, and by helping us spread the word, right? You can be part of that, right? And you can be part of the solution that will carry sort of, hopefully carry us into it, it, like uh, to past Trump, but also past Trumpism and what got us to Trump in the first place. Well, and this is really an interesting point too, because um, the word secular brings up the church state conflict. And I know that that is very much of our, our, of, of our, of our brand, you know, because, because the church state conflict is huge. It's really been something that has been central to American history. Uh, But it's more than that. It's more than that. It is, it is the conflict between uh, how you approach reality. Uh, Do you approach it from a scientific rational standpoint where you want to respond to the world that is with things that work, solutions that work, okay? That is, that is the secular approach. That is a secular approach. Uh, the other approach is it encompasses religion. It encompasses conspirituality, conspiracies in general. It encompasses um, rumors, um, deontology, uh, right? Uh, like, right? Like we can go on like that's a, you, you, you you have a lot to say about that. I think we should. I think we should launch into a section about that because because really, when you when you get down, you examine uh, what underlies all of these bad arguments. Uh, deontology is one of the is one of the primary factors uh, there, and so I think take it take it away. Absolutely, and uh, you know, so I, I think that it's important to uh, if if anyone doesn't know what the trolley problem is. Um, you should look into the trolley problem. If anyone knows me, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a little bit obsessed with the trolley problem, and I'm a little bit obsessed with deontology, um, also the just world fallacy. But we'll, 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 we talked about that last week. Let's focus right now on deontology because this is this is really important, Sean. This is really important because can, can right, you give everybody it, a good definite, like a, like a comprehensive definition of what that word means. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's really interesting. So I'm not a philosopher. And I, I always give myself these sort of, I, you know, I, I do this all the yes, time, right? I, I do disclaimers. Totally <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer, right? I, I'm totally not taking a any position. <laughs> I'm, right, I'm not a philosopher. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so, yeah, so, so deontology, uh, to, to, to put it in the most sort of practical terms possible, the deontologist sees the world not from the effect of a particular act, but that the, the deontologist believes instead that there is some inherent quality to the act that is inherently good and inherently bad, and that that is how we should we should structure we should uh, structure our ethics to make this more concrete. So think about this in terms of well the trolley problem, right? There are five people laying on the track. A train is coming, right? And you are at the switch. You can switch the train tracks and you can make the, you can, you can pull the switch and the train will divert onto a side track where there's only one person tied up. You can't free everybody. You have to make the choice. So the question is, do you pull the lever? The deontologist says, no, murder is wrong. Therefore, if I pull the lever, I am participating in a murder. And therefore, inherently, I cannot do that. I will not do that. On the other hand, utilitarian, which we are utilitarians uh, staunchly on this show, um, the utilitarian says, no, fuck that. Pull the lever. Your moral qualms aside, you're saving four lives. It's not even a question. Right. And so and that is the fundamental distinction between these two things. And we are going to talk a little bit more about that in various contexts um, over the course of this show, I think. But that is the fundamental definition. Did, did I do a good enough job there, Sean? What do you think? I think so. And I think, you know, we have to address one thing, and that is that there there is a, um, <clears throat> you know, the deontology. Is all, it's all wrapped up with duty and loyalty yes. and tribe and all these things like that. You know, it, so they might ask who, what what's the race of the people on the track? You know, right. like that. Right. That's so an important caveat. If you can have a three-fifths compromise in the Constitution, maybe you would kill three and not five or whatever. You know, like there's a there's a whole different calculus that comes into play when you start valuing people differently in a hierarchy. And so that's an important thing to 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 take into account. Or, you know, were they criminals? Did they, did they their life have less value? Uh, do they have longer to live? You know, these types of things. So um, absolutely. They start making other judgments and bringing other things in there that just complicate the issue other than like, we have lives to save. Um, 
And there's another another thing that gets brought up also by uh, people who are on the deontological side, and that is the 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 problems that can come in with strict utilitarianism. Like, for example, okay, I could pull the lever if there's imminent harm going to happen no matter what, but can I go onto the street and take one person off the street and kill them and harvest their organs to save five dying people in a hospital? Very right. different situation, right? Because I am now actively murdering someone who didn't have to be murdered. In the trolley problem, you have a, a situation where either five or one person are going to die. Uh, in the situation where I go harvest the organs, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually committing murder to save these people's lives when their lives maybe could have been saved with, you know, taking donated organs from cadavers, right? So there's a, there's, there, there are uh, endless permutations of the trolley problem, but I will say that that one about the organ harvesting is often brought up by people who don't like utilitarianism. That's a risk really, really important. I mean, it, yeah, that, that's a really great point. And it's important to know, obviously, the trolley problem is a thought experiment, right? But, 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 but what it does is, is that it, like, it, it, it harnesses or, or it investigates, it, it causes the thinker to have to consider where generally he or she falls on the scale of deontology to utilitarianism. But, but more generally, utilitarianism and, and right, the, the hoard, the organ harvesting thing seems to be a bit of, a bit of a red herring because right because really what we're and it is a red herring right and it, 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 it's 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 designed to derail the utilitarian argument but utilitarian argument as a matter of poli- of creating policy right is 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 we already do that in large part the most successful kind of programs are based on that concept um, right that is how we approach pretty much every decision in our lives right in sense in sense that we say. Look, well, I have two options. One is going to be better. One is going to have X result. One is going to have Y result. Which result is better for me, right? And so we make essentially utilitarian calculus, right? Yep. I don't know. Well, and this is this gives me another chance, which I always take the chance to rip on uh, right libertarians. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, please, on the show, it is a must. <laughs> well, at deontologists, what they will say is that um, because of because of of natural rights, human rights. Mm-hmm. that no one can have their rights violated. So therefore, if I take an action, it, it goes back to what you said, you're committing murder. Well, it, it, a murder is a violation of someone's rights. And the reason why this is relevant in the thought experiment is because there are a lot of things short of murder, like taxation, mm-hmm. that supposedly violate someone's rights to help others. That's mm-hmm. the utilitarian position, that you should tax people who can afford to pay to help people who can't afford to pay. Right, libertarians say, no, 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 you can't do that. You're taking a gun, you're holding a gun to their heads, and you're stealing their money. You know, so they use these these absolutist uh, frameworks of of rights to uh, uh, to avoid taking actions that result in the highest common good. That is absolutely right. That is so important, uh, Sean. It, you know, and 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 you know, you can't talk about libertarianism and you can't freely talk about conservatism without talking about deontology, right? Because it is all based on that, right? Because on the other end of the spectrum, and we talk about this a lot on this show, uh, and I talk about this a lot in, in, you know, in, in other contexts, and that is, right, the idea of reducing human suffering as the policy goal, right? As, as, as a goal for civilization and, as a, and for certainly for government of reducing human suffering. But like, right, we all think on the left, we tend to think on the left that, that everyone agrees on that, but that is Thank not you. true on the right, right? They are not interested in necessary. I mean, if, if, if human suffering is, is reduced within their clan, that's a win. But other than that, and a lot of times they actually want to increase people's well, here's suffering. The thing. They, they, the right actually has a very strong, a very strong ethic of um, valorizing suffering. That which doesn't kill me makes me stronger. That's definitely expression of that. That which doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And so they, they, they have this whole idea that suffering is character building. And, and that it should be, you know, we shouldn't be soft. We should be, we should be hard men. We should be willing to suffer and we should be willing to sacrifice and all these things, but only for certain causes. Because when it comes to wearing masks, for example. For, for, for a very, very, very clear example. Also, another interesting example, right, is, right, people should, 
should definitely work for, uh, you know, for, for sub-minimum wage or sub-standard wages, right, and suffer through that because they're going to be better people for it. And this is the whole thing with the uh, coronavirus release pack, relief package as well. It, that's essentially what's holding it up because Republicans are like, no, we can't give people money. We can't give people money or they're not going to be incentivized to work. And, they, and what's behind that, really? Yes, the business element. But, but the, so the, the deontological sort of, uh, sort, of, uh, uh, sort of philosophy behind that is that, like, well, we just people will be better off if, they're, if they have to you know, school, pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Right. They have to, like, suffer through it. And, you know, and on the other end of that, but, but on the other hand. When it comes to, I don't know, John Lewis, like your shirt right there, right? This guy, this guy gets, this guy has been attacked, right? He's like, right? This guy was a hero. This guy was a hero, right? He got beaten up. He got attacked. He got put in jail, right? And that kind of suffering, that kind of suffering for a real cause, right? That kind of suffering for a real cause. Oh, no, no, that doesn't count for the GOP. That doesn't count. Any kind of, right? It's only... The only suffering that is in service of the hierarchy, Sean, it, that is what it's about. It is about in service of the hierarchy because in the end, in the end, in the end, it is, it is, it is disingenuous, right? It is just basically it's a defense of power. It's defense of power and hierarchy. That's what it is. Right. And for those of us on our podcast, this, is, this shirt shows John Lewis in his mugshot in jail. And mm-hmm. why was he in jail? He was in jail for defending voting rights and for defending human rights. So it's like, he was actually doing what America stands for. He was actually uh, uh, using his right of assembly uh, and his right of free speech to agitate for the enforcement of voting rights, which uh, are contained in the, the 13th, 14th and 15th amendments, okay? So he was doing everything he was supposed to do and he ended up in jail. And so that is the, that is the there's a consequence of not getting this right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and right. And and and, uh, and uh, so today I'm wearing um, I'm wearing this shirt. Um, I'll explain it in a second. So this is uh, uh, my Barack Obama shirt that I got back in 2008 while I was in law school. And um, there's another man who has been, uh, you know, and it is a green, green army, green shirt with a star. It looks kind of like military esque, I guess, but not really. And it's got his face, that resolute Obama face, you know. Just yeah. so like it's kind of squinty eyed and you do that well. distance <laughs> and, being, and just being fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, you know, and so anyway, and I wore it today for a couple reasons, not the least of which is that voting rights are being actively suppressed. Right. Like uh, th- that has been the case for a long time. It is nothing new. It is nothing new. We're seeing it again. And we're seeing it with the postal off, but the, the postal service right now, which is oh. appalling, appalling. Oh fucking appalling, right? I mean, and, and, and Obama came out, uh, I think today or yesterday, saying like using the words that the Postal Service is being kneecapped, right, for the sake of, for the sake of uh, voter of voter suppression. And, and beyond that, we also have, and we'll talk more about this, I'll, I'll kick it over back over to you in a minute, Sean, but like we have Kamala Harris, and we hear the same birtherism arguments, Sean, the same birtherism arguments are coming out again. And, 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 and that's what, like, I, I was so impassioned by this because I, but it caused me to wear this shirt because, you know, as a person of color, as a person whose, whose parents, my mom was born into a segregated United States, my mother, my mother, right? She was born into a segregated United States. And here we are some 50, 60 years later, having the same fucking fight, you know, and and it it really will drive you crazy. It'll drive you crazy. You know, it'll, it'll really drive you crazy. And so today in solidarity, for our uh, for our former president, um, actually the last real president we had, um, and uh, and Kamala Harris, uh, who is a historic figure already, even whether she would they win or not, um, she's already a historic figure. Um, and uh, you know, I, I just needed to to, to to support that. Well, totally. And I was watching a I was watching a clip before the show, and uh, Christian Amanpour was interviewing Jared Kushner, that fucking little pipsqueak. Okay, that guy is just. I mean, he he is responsible for. Uh, he was put in charge for a a, a large portion of the time uh, of the COVID response. Okay, and so he gave contracts to his friends. He bungled the whole thing. He deliberately withheld equipment. He had equipment seized from. States, okay, that's what that fucking pipsqueak did. All right, so now he's being asked uh, uh, by by Christian Amanpour, one of the last great journalists, you know, who who is saying, "Hey, why are you pushing this racist 
birther conspiracy about Kamala Harris? And of course, his answer was, well, uh, uh, Trump didn't, didn't say he didn't know anything about that. He didn't say he agreed with it. You know, so he's waffling and dissembling, and then he wants to talk about his little, his little Mideast piece. Uh, 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 whatever. I don't even know if you can call it a, a, a peace agreement because who, know, who knows what to believe anymore? I mean, this is exactly the UAE. And well, Netanyahu is, is, is like suffering for, for uh, you know, he's, he's hanging on for dear life. He's had like four elections, which have almost gone against him. And yep. so he managed to weasel his way back into this government. And uh, so now he's doing something that's pissing off uh, uh, his, his right flank to gain some, some votes because the settlers who are, you know, uh, I guess are losing the right to uh, claim new land at this point mm-hmm. as part of this peace agreement. Anyway, anyway, my, my getting back to the point of, of Kamala Harris is that the, the Republicans are, are, are unrepentant about any of this. They, uh, they, they, they know that this is not true. They know that she was born in the United States. They know she's extremely accomplished. They fear her, and so they have to delegitimize her. And they will float these ideas knowing that they're bullshit, knowing that somebody's going to believe it, and that it's going to cause a controversy. And that's what this is all about. It's like having people be able to make these claims on social media to um, water down Democratic support. Because we have one job, one fucking job, and that is to get this clown out of the White House. And everybody knows it. Everybody on the left knows that we need to get him out. And all of a sudden, when it comes down to the point where we've chosen a vice president, now all of a sudden we're like, oh, but she's this and she's that. And Biden said this and Biden said that. It's like, no, we have one fucking job. One fucking job. And man, like, you know, I can't, you know, I got to tell you what, Sean, I, I came in, we talked a little bit about the show before the show, uh, as we usually do, uh, what we're going to talk about. And we joke and we talk about what we were doing over the last week and everything else, although we talk a lot on the week yeah. during the week also. But my point is this, man, uh, I came in with my Kevlar on, you know, I have my Kevlar, my, my Kevlar, because I was like, I, I knew I was going to be taking some bullets from you today. You yeah. know, I knew you were going to be shooting me with the with the fucking bullshit coming out of the right. And you know what? The Kevlar, I, you know, it's, it helps. It helps. But I'll tell you what, if you've ever been shot in the chest when you're wearing Kevlar, it still fucking hurts. It'll still break your ribs. And I'm hurting, man. I'm hurting. And you know why I'm hurting? Because in that same interview, in that same interview, right, right, uh, Kushner, and this is a favorite on the right from, uh, from people who say like, oh, well, Trump is a racist. Trump has done so much for, for African-Americans. Lowest unemployment rate among African-Americans ever. Blah, 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 blah. And like a few things. First of all, bullshit, right? Second, right? Like, so yeah, of course, right? He inherited, he inherited the economy from, from Obama. And in general, the trend was little by little, people were getting better off, a slow recovery. So yeah, of course it was better than it was 10 years ago, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is obviously true, but also entirely beside the point, right? Come on, right? This is the, and, 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 and beyond that, right? Even if that were true, it's certainly not true now. There's a pandemic on, remember, right? Yeah, remember a pandemic, the pandemic? A pandemic that he screwed up. I mean, like, exactly. literally- the, the, the black unemployment rate is probably 30, 40% right now. Exactly, exactly. And black people are dying at disproportionate numbers, right? So much so that Jared Kushner, that big expose out of Vanity Fair a couple couple weeks ago, a month ago, three weeks ago, where, you know, he made the choice, where it certainly seems like he made the choice. I don't want to make completely, I don't want to make bold claims, but he. But it certainly seems like he made the choice to not, implement a comprehensive strategy for combating uh, a nationwide strategy for combating coronavirus because at the time it was thought that it would stay in the cities and cities are full of Democrats and Brown people. So who fucking cares? And that was literally what they thought. So the idea that he has done things for, and this is all setting aside the fact that the man is openly and obviously historically and currently racist. Every black person knows that. Every white person that is not a conservative knows that. Come on. So that kind of disingenuous, it, that's the kind of stuff that goes through the Kevlar. And I'm like, ah, 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 ah. You know, it's brutal, brutal. No, and it's, it's especially terrible because, you know, we've got a situation where this family is, is the most the most corrupt family ever to, make, to be in power in this country. Okay. I think Jared and, 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 and Ivanka made something on the order of $140 million while they're working for the taxpayer. They should, fucking they should believable. Any outside money. They should have their money in a blind trust. 
Okay. Exactly. I mean, this is insanity. It's insane what we've, what we've tolerated. Okay. With, with these people. And, uh, uh, this guy, like, I, I don't think, I don't think somehow Democrats get this. I don't think, I really don't think Democrats understand that Republicans are willing to kill voters to win. They are literally willing to kill voters. That is what this is about. That's what the pandemic non-response is about. They are trying to kill voters so they can win. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, 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 we, and we need to stop pulling punches, I think, right, right, Sean? Because I think that people sometimes look at folks like you and folks like me who have been sounding this fucking alarm for years, right? Right, years. Like way, right? way before Trump was even considering running for office, right? We were talking about this in the Bush years, right? I was in the making, Bush years, right? I was look at Katrina. Last, last election in 2012, okay, when, when, when Obama was running against Mitt Romney, I, I made a video uh, uh, about how important it was to vote for Obama because people were doing the same shit back then. Yep. Yep, exactly. We're, we're like, we've been talking about this for a long time and people look at like, I think people tend to look at people like you and I and say, oh, alarmism. Oh, it's politics as usual. Uh, but, and look, I mean, in, in, in some sense, it is politics as usual because politics is, right? Like if you go back to Roman times, they were literally murdering each other on oh, yeah. the Senate floor, right? Right. And, 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 and so politics is war, right? And, and, and I like to say it's a, we're in a knife fight in a fucking phone booth. And why do I say that? Because I got a lot of pushback on this on Instagram, by the way. Did you really? I got, I got, so I got some pushback on this because people were like, oh, no, no, there must be a nicer, better way. We, got, we can't adopt their tactics. Don't become you what know. you hate. Don't become what you hate. Don't exactly. Don't become what you hate. Right. Uh, and this kind of stuff drives you fucking nuts because it's like, this is exactly why we're here. Right. Because the left refuses to take the right seriously. They, they are a bottomless pit of bad faith. Like you cannot negotiate with Mitch McConnell. You cannot negotiate with Mitch McConnell. He is not coming to the table in good faith. Right. He will stab you in the back as soon as you turn around and you have to be aware of that. Now we shouldn't compromise our values. Never. We shouldn't compromise our values, but we have to realize the fight that we're in and understand, you say this all the time, Sean, and I just want to let you talk about it, but like about power, right? Like, talk to us about power. Well, Mitch McConnell isn't stabbing Democrats in the back. He's stabbing him in the fucking front. He, is, <laughs> he, said, so he said his goal was to make Obama a one-term president, okay? He said that. He, didn't even, he doesn't miss words about any of this stuff, okay? Uh, uh, he literally calls his, his desk a legislative graveyard, okay? Yeah. He, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. And he's basically like, you know, um, I, he said something, I don't know if it was about voting rights or if it was about, if it was about uh, tax cuts for the middle class or whatever it was. But he's like, basically, as long as I am Senate majority leader, none of this is going to pass. Yep. I remember I saw the thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I, how, how, much, how much more clear can it be? He is the hatchet man. You know, he is, he is Trump's hatchet man. And uh, uh, that is why you saw the party discipline be absolutely in lockstep during the impeachment hearing. I mean, it was, they, they wouldn't even allow evidence because they all know, they all know that if there was evidence in that room and if they made honest decisions and they did their jobs and fulfilled their patriotic duty, Trump would not be president of the United States right now. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And, but, and remember, right, these same men, and they are mostly men, right? These same men, when Trump was running, and during the primaries, they trashed him. They trashed him. They trashed him. So my point is like, stop pretending that we're having a fight against an enemy that is going to play by the rules, right? This is like the British. This is like the British coming to America to fight the Americans and expecting them to stand out in an open field and shoot at them. Well, yeah, no, we're not gonna fucking do that. Because if you do that, you fucking lose. And that's what we're doing. We're walking out into the field and letting them and, and, and with a with an inferior army and just getting slaughtered every single time. And by the way, it'd be one thing if we were just political points, but we're talking about people's lives. People's lives. Right, right. No, think about the people who have lost health care. Think about the people who are died by the pandemic. Think about the people, the kids in the fucking cages, right? Like this, they're real people dying. Like people like you and I are relatively secure, right? Like, right, we, we get, we, we can work from home. We don't have to go out there, right? We don't have to worry about not being able to get food. I was riding my bike the other day and, I, and I'm riding my bike and I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm just riding my bike. Oh yeah, I'm, a, you know, I'm a liberal and I've got a nice job and I'm really looking and, and I go buy a fucking food pantry that has a line 
Sean, around the block, four blocks long. And I'm like, holy fuck, this is happening right now in my neighborhood. Yeah. I'm saying like, people are dying and we got to stop pretending like the left and the right are the same rings on the same fucking bird. I hate it. I it's, hate it. It's, it's nauseating. It, it's not just nauseating though. It, 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 is, it is unforgivable. It is unforgivable. Unforgivable. Okay. And, and, and you're right. I mean, like, like I, I periodically have to be uh, slapped in the face by uh, something like you just described, okay? And I, the, uh, the, the one time I remember was, was, a, was a few weeks ago when I saw the video of the line of cars to get food at a food bank that was like exactly. a mile long. People are starving exactly. to death in the United States of America. Like right now. What the hell? And, and this is all, this was not happening under the Obama administration. It would not have happened under a Hillary Clinton administration. And so you've got a situation where and we have to talk about we have to talk about this in terms of the unwillingness of some liberal voters to get on board because absolutely what they are doing is they are enabling this starvation and they are enabling the death from covid they are enabling the republicans because if the republicans win this election okay um <clears throat> we know it's going to get worse we don't know all the different ways it's going to get worse um I actually came up with a thought experiment after the Trump administration, after, after Trump was elected. And um, what it basically was is to say that if the American taxpayer were to just write a check for $100 billion to the Trump family and say, go away, never be heard from again, I said, That's, that would be a massive bargain. Now, I oh, didn't yeah. know how much of a bargain that, that was going to be because uh, I just was looking up yesterday the cost of this pandemic, and Forbes magazine estimates that this pandemic will cost the United States $8 trillion. And that's, that's just, that's not even talking about the reduced economic growth going sure. forward out to 2030. Sure. This is going to be having ripple effects out to 2030, okay? So you could see uh, somewhere up at eight, 15, $20 trillion uh, long-term impact, which is equivalent to a full year of US GDP, maybe even two years. Who knows? Who knows where this is going to lead us? But the point was, is that little did I know that my $100 billion figure was just a paltry sum. We could have paid him a trillion and come out ahead. Exactly. Exactly. A grifter is, I mean... It's out of control. It's their, their, their lust for power and their greed and their, and their, their, their willingness to commit murder uh, in, in, in service of that greed is just, it's something that, you, that, that really, we've never really dealt with this level of, of, of fuckery in America. And that's something that I, I think a lot of Democrats still don't appreciate. I think that's absolutely right. I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, and I know the people on the people that are listening, the people that are on the show are people that are that are that care a lot about democracy. Right. They care about they care about human suffering and reducing human suffering. Um, and I think that and, and I think that, you know, yesterday, as I said, I got this pushback from this woman um, on 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 Instagram. And, and I and I had a and she was a progressive. I also got a lot of conservative pushback. Um, but that is but that's just to be expected. And that's just basically just ignoring that. Well, I must put a bad faith. It's just bad faith, like you know, yes. like come on, please, like it's just, it's just, there's just no argument that I could make, right? And we talk about this in terms of faith, right? You like, you could be like, look, like you have to ask the faithful person whether that be faith to a religion or faith to uh, to, to an idea, which is basically like, what would it, what, what, tell me what would disconfirm your belief. And if their answer to the question is basically nothing, then there's not there's no conversation to have, right? Because then why even bother wasting your time? And that is why I, I talk to conservatives, and I say this all the time: Instagram is a hotbed of bad ideas, just terrible ideas. But whatever, still follow us on Instagram. Everybody, follow us on Instagram. Follow us. The picture, the we pictures are going to be brilliant. We will. Pictures are going to be brilliant. We'll help dispel those bad ideas. You know, and that's something you know we. We've probably talked about this before, but uh, you know Zuckerberg and the whole social media. Uh, again, it's it's. I think a lot of it's just greed and just power, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I do believe that he has conservative sympathies. Mm -hmm. uh, but even if he had, even if he had no conservative sympathies, his interest is in having the maximum amount of engagement on Facebook yep. to, to sell advertising, yep. and that means that you can't ever take sides. Yeah, uh, it's, it's one of the laws of power. Never take sides. OK. And uh, and he's following it. He's following it by because he knows that if you can keep these people coming back, if you keep them arguing, if you can keep, uh, you know, there's this controversy going, that's eyeballs, that's clicks, that's money. 
Absolutely. And also beyond that, right, I'll go even further and say, right, and first of all, I think that he's like, right, he's one of, I think he, I'm I'm speculating, I'm not a psychologist, but um, I'm not a psychiatrist. Another another Christoph Devo disclaimer, I just, I disclaim all responsibility like Donald Trump. I disclaim, (laughs) I take no fucking responsibility for a goddamn thing I say. I'm just going to talk. No, but seriously, he's like, you know, I think he's a, I think he's a psychopath, right? Like, I mean, I think that he doesn't, he can't like connect that besides the fact that he's a billionaire and like yeah. billionaires already are so detached from regular everyday people. That, like, they, they're not, it's like a brain thing. They're not able to grasp what it's like to be a normal person. Right. Um, and, and he is not only that, but he probably, I mean, just, I mean, he just looks like, a, I mean, again, I don't know, but it, that's what it seems <laughs> like. But, but a bottom line is this, is that, he also benefits from misinformation on Facebook, right? Because the misinformation is sensational. That's what, like, right? That's what, because to make something something that sensational, typically you have to make stuff up, right? So you can just say that black people are burning down X, Y, and Z, and then the, you know, then you get the clicks, then you get the clicks. So controversy. Every he has every incentive to. to, to I just can't, I just figured out I just figured out what his nickname is. It's Lore. Okay, he looks like Data anyway. <laughs> He is, he is evil twin, okay? I mean, yeah, it, totally, totally. Oh, <laughs> uh, but by the way, everybody, that's a that's a Star Trek reference. Um, uh, and so I, I think a lot of our, I think there's a lot of overlap between Star Trek viewers and uh, radical secular listeners. Um, <laughs> certainly between the two of us. Um, but lore is data is Star Trek: The Next Generation. Lore is Data's evil twin that shows up multiple times over the course of the series. Um, and Brent Spinner, by Spiner, by the way, is an unreal actor. So unreal. you know, watch Star Trek: The Next Generation from beginning to end. You will not regret it. Also, watch Star Trek: Picard. Also, awesome. Also, sign up on Instagram and Twitter for the Radical Secular. <laughs> You're very, I'm going to keep pitching it. I'm going to keep yeah, pitching and, it. And, and I mean, at the risk of stating the obvious, because I do this all the time, I'm terrible with sarcasm and I'm terrible with stuff, but uh, let me just insult <laughs> me here for a second. And that is lore uh, being the opposite of data, being truth, lore being fiction, falsehood. Writers are go. brilliant. Um, it's, you know, it's brilliant. I think I think most people will get that reference, but for those of you who don't, that is what we're talking about here. We got we're buying yes. motherfucker, in other words. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what we're getting at. That's what we're getting at. Um, so yeah, and, and and like I think you know to get back to sort of the theme that we've talked about during the show is this sort of purity on the left, right? Because uh, again, what we're talking about, like I keep saying this, is that like the the right. You can't like you cannot have a real conversation with somebody on the right. And I'm not saying that that's not true of everyone on the right, but certainly most people that you're going to run into on anyone who's because anyone that you're going to run into in a Facebook forum of some kind or on Instagram, like, you know, like, right, like behind their computer screen, odds are you're not going to have a fruitful conversation. But you, but you, you can talk to progressives. Right. Because because like it's like we have to root out the sort of problems on the left in order to beat the right, right? Because the right always works in lockstep. We, on the other hand, have this tendency on the left. We have a huge tent, which is great, which is a lot of different interesting ideas, right? And this is this is good. This is what makes us the left, right? This is what makes us the left. But, but there's also pure purists on the left. And it comes out of like, not the, not actually, frankly, not Bernie Sanders himself, but the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. Um, you get a lot of this, like, I am not going to vote for Biden because he voted for, uh, you know, to, to, he voted uh, for whatever, whatever he voted for, right? Like a whole laundry list of things, which by the way, I can also disagree with, but as a practical matter, again, my, my goal here is to minimize human suffering. Not to not to exercise my little like, you know, narcissistic sort of, you know, my vote, come and earn my vote. Right. No, oh. no, 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 no. Right. This is this is where we need to we need to bring out the Kevlar. OK. And yeah, the Kevlar. We need the fucking Kevlar. We need, we need to need a ballistic ballistic glass is what we need at this point. Well, and, and so there's 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 probably three or four different subgroups among these um, among these problem I'll call them problem lefties. I don't know how sure you know. sure sure. Um, there's the there's the anarchist uh, wing who's not really serious about politics at all. They don't think they don't they, they don't, they, <laughs> true. They, they don't so think true. government they don't think so government true. works. They, they they really think government is just is just a joke anyway. Uh, they think elections are are you know are are, are a joke. What's the, what, what's the thing they always say? Uh, uh, you know, the illusion of consent, the illusion of, you know. Right. right. So, so they're, they're, and, and my response to them always is, hey, you know, if voting didn't matter, 
why are they trying so hard to stop us from doing it? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> That's a great point. It just gets right at the heart of the issue. Right? Yeah. So, so there's that group and you're never going to talk to those guys. I mean, it's just, they're, that's a write-off. Okay. Uh, but the yeah. problem is, is that they're still around and they still come on people's threads and they still, they still convince a lot of people to, you know, and it's this whole Dem exit thing. Dem exit. Uh, I, I think, I, sometimes I think Dem exit came straight out of like uh, a fucking, uh, you know, uh, Vladimir Putin, you know, uh, central. I mean, I, seriously. I, their disinformatia, uh, you know, it's because it's a perfect, it's a perfect thing. Dem exit. It was like, well, where are you fucking going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where are you going to go? Back to your couch and watch Netflix because, that, because there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> so, you know, and this is the point is it's like, oh, the Green Party, you know, well, we saw oh, that. Oh, God, the Green Party. Oh, the Green Party. <clears throat> it well, hurts me, Sean. It hurts me. The, the Green Party has put two climate deniers in the White House. The Green Party has been the single force that has set back the green movement in the United States 30, 40, 50 years. I don't even know. I mean, like the damage between, you know, between the, uh, the misapplication of, 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 of funds and, and uh, uh, blood and treasure uh, during the Iraq war uh, and, and, the, and, and all the additional fossil fuel drilling that that took, you know, uh, uh, with the Bush administration. I mean, that, that was in and of itself, we lost a decade. We lost a full decade right there, okay? And then uh, we had Jill Stein running, which helped put Trump in the White House. And now Trump has, has had the most massive giveaways. I mean, just puts Bush to shame. I mean, Bush was, a, was, a, was, was Bush League. I mean, no, no pun intended, you know? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it, I love it. <laughs> but uh, you know, Trump is just, is just, he's just shoveling our, our common resources into private coffers, just shoveling. You know, with a with a, you know, and I don't even think he's using a shovel. He's using a fucking you know uh, uh, front end loader to do it. You know? yeah. <laughs> for real, for real. I mean, it, it, a like, it, it is. Yeah, a bulldozer, a bulldozer. Just and 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 also, incidentally, and you know, he wouldn't be doing that if he didn't see that gonna, there was going to be a kickback for him and his right, like right, like right. So it, it may be the kickback. And now I'm just purely speculating. I'm not a speculator. I I I I, I take no. I'm just yeah. You know, I'm just joking. But no. So but no, in all seriousness, like you know, he wouldn't be doing it if there wasn't a kickback, either a financial kickback or even just like he wants to look cool in front of the, in front of the oil execs, right? Cause they're all big and powerful and rich. And he wants, and that's actually a huge motivating factor for, for him in general, like in life, right? Like is, 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 is how things make him look, looking strong. Interestingly, I saw someone posted this thing on my feed or tagged me in it, or I just saw it. And they talked about why like that Trump supporters Right. People who still support Trump, especially right now at this point in the in the in the game, right? At this this late stage of the game, they're still right. They are motivated by nothing but essentially owning the libs, right? They see right. liberals and progressives as weak. And they it's not right. just that they that they, that they don't want to be weak. They 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 hate it. They hate it, right? And I, and I think it's a very biological sort of thing, right? Because like it, it's the same thing that makes right like uh, it, like and make I'm using an extreme example to make my point, but like right that people that ran the concentration camps like in uh, the SS, right? They started to think of them like like if they're the 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 the, uh, the inmates' weakness became what they hated about them, right? The fact that they, the fact that, and there's something I think about human nature and, and, our, and our, our animal lizard brain yeah. that is so averse to that, right? That, and, 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 and conservatism, especially Trumpism, taps right into that, taps right into that. And that's why it's so fucking effective. Well, and what that does, okay? Because I want to bring up an example that I was thinking of as you were talking about that. Yeah. Um, there is a, such a spike element in this whole thing. Uh, Definitely. Of doing things that are uh, harmful deliberately, like for no good reason. Like it's going to hurt conservatives too. Uh, and, and, the, and the thing I'm talking about is the methane uh, regulations, okay? Hmm. I'm going to get a little geeky here, but methane, is, methane is, is, is about 25 times more potent than CO2 uh, carbon dioxide as a greenhouse gas. Uh, fortunately, it only hangs around for about 100 years, but we're all going to be dead in a hundred years. So it's going to be around for the rest of our lives. And, and the fact is, is that methane uh, is a, is a tremendously uh, destructive greenhouse gas. And so what that, what methane is, is just natural gas. 
uh, that's what runs power plants. That's what runs your, your heater in your home uh, is all run on methane. And so what happens is, is that the methane uh, that is, is, is released when you drill for oil. Uh, and it's also released when you drill gas wells. And they're, th- what they found out is that because of these methane releases, uh, natural gas is actually dirtier than coal for the, for the, for the climate. All right. Uh, and that is because we were exceeding 10% of the amount of produced gas uh, is leaking into the atmosphere unburned. Right. So uh, when you burn, you're burning coal, coal releases more CO2 than methane when you burn it. But when you don't burn it, methane that just escapes into the atmosphere. If you look at the aggregate of world production, uh, you have more climate damage from natural gas than you do from coal, uh, wow. which is insane, which is insane. And that threshold is around 10%. Okay, so uh, the Obama administration had dropped that threshold way down to 2 or 3%, and the industry was complying. They, they were actually complying. And what they were also doing is requiring people to flare their gas, which instead of just releasing the bare methane, it, they burn it, turns into CO2, it's 25 times less destructive, okay? So this is a really, really important thing. It's one of the cheapest ways of mitigating. I mean, basically doing this could, could uh, mitigate more pollution than taking all the cars in the world off the road. Wow. Okay? And so Trump just rolled back that regulation. He rolled back that regulation. There's no goddamn reason to do it other than pure spike. And, yep. and it's, it's, not, it's not just spite for liberals, it's spite for all future human generations, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And, and so, mm-hmm. so that, that, is, that is what's going on here. And that's what makes this Demexit stuff, sorry, that was a big, big digression. I should probably let you talk for a sec. Really interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, so, wow. And look, and I think the spite thing and the hate and, right, it is, is in like, right, so it, I think this is important too, uh, right, you had the uh during the administration uh you know like right during the trump administration you've had you know a slow sort of exit of people who voted for trump right so like in the like during the during the actual election you had right people that really hated hillary clinton misogyny is a huge part of that obviously um and then also just her own Clintonisms, all that a big pile of stuff there right and also uh, all the things that made 16 go wrong but a lot of people, right, uh, they were like, all right, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. How bad could it be, right? I'm white. How bad could it be, right? I'm not affected by racism. What difference does it make to me, right? Maybe he'll cut my taxes. Fine. So they went ahead and they did that, right? And a lot of people did it just because they were Republicans and they're, or they're on the right in general, you know, and whatever. A lot of people did this. But what's happened now is that that number that, that, that he had, which was all still a minority of voters, but still was a bigger number. And now that number shrunk to like just the core, right? And that core of Trump's voters, they vote for him because of the spite. They mm-hmm. vote for him because of the hatred. They vote for him because he hurts the people that they want to see hurt. And right. if you can't make a distinction between that and what Biden has done over the course of his career, then you are A, not being honest with yourself, B, you are just, you're not being honest with yourself. B, you're not being honest with me. And you, you realize what's going on. You're not being honest with me. Or C, you are just a complete fucking idiot. Because honestly, those two things are like apples and oranges. And again, when you talk about this from a deontological perspective, then it all seems to make sense if, you, if you're a leftist purist. Because then you say to yourself, well, no, 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 right? I only vote on my morals, on my values, right? We talked about deontology at the top of the show. This idea that like, no, it's not about the effect of what I do. It is just the essence of what I do that matters. And when you, and, and when you think about it from that perspective, you can set, sort of begin to understand the problem on the, on the left and the, and, the, and the purists on the left. Well, that's why we have, to, we have to tease apart like what I was saying earlier. I think I got through about two of them. I was talking about the anarchists. And then I was oh, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Well, we have to tease apart motivations because you really have, um, when you say dishonest, it's, it's, it's almost beyond dishonest. It's, it's what I would call like a false flag Republican. Uh-huh. You've got a lot of these people who are false flag Republicans. They really, uh, either, they're, either they're libertarians or they're, they're, they're MRAs. They're people who, who are really, they really don't like the left on social justice, okay? Right. Uh, they, they think that they can be left uh, while opposing social justice. And they think that uh, if they're, just because they're for, you know, Medicare for all or all these things like that, uh, that, are, that were like Bernie Sanders priorities, that they can, uh, that, that, that they, they didn't hear Bernie Sanders talk a lot about racism. Uh, 
They right. didn't Bernie Sanders talk about Black Lives Matter very much. And, right. you know, there was originally some problems between Black Lives Matter and the Sanders campaign. For sure. And Especially the first time around in 16. And it's black people who, who nominated Joe Biden, by the way. So, Definitely. And, 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 and he thanked them by nominating a black woman as his vice president. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, this relationship is there. And so you get people who are uh, against the, 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 what they consider to be extreme social justice. I just call it justice. But, uh, <laughs> but those people are, are dishonest about their motivations. Mm. They really don't like is being told, you know, uh, they can't be racist. They can't be sexist. They can't tell dirty jokes. Uh, they don't like feminism, you know, mm. all that kind of thing. So they are really false flag Republicans in a way. Interesting. Very interesting. And you know what? It, you know, it's funny that you mentioned this because one of my biggest uh, problems, and we've, we've talked about we've talked about this a lot. So um, uh, Sam Harris is, is is famously bad on race. Um, and so and, 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 and that and, you know, I, it, it's funny because when I started up the, um, the Instagram account, um, sign up for the Instagram account of the Radical Secular Instagram, 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 Instagram. And all seriousness, though, what I signed up for. Um, you know, I, I signed up the, the the account and I followed the Sam Harris hashtag, and I had to stop following it because it because it's not that's it's not Sam Harris talking, right? It's just people like you know using right. this right. The, yep. the Sam you Harris get all of his replies. Exactly, exactly. So, so like, but like, but the thing though is that like a lot of this, you get the liber- the libertarian right hangs their hat on Sam Harrisisms, right? And, the, the, and and you see, so you get a lot of this, like, because he goes out and says, like, oh, no, he, he loves saying identity politics, which mm-hmm. is, like, what a dog whistle, right? I mean, like... Oh, that's it, a that, dog that foghorn. That, that's a dog foghorn out the yin-yang. Identity politics. Identity mm-hmm. politics. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, absolutely right. And it wasn't... Okay, I have to give another plug to... A shout-out to Hemant Meta. Uh, at the Friendly Atheist because we love him. He's great. He's always been great. And uh, I interviewed him on my old show. Uh, but he, he's, he's someone I always admire. He actually went on Fox News and spoke in favor of atheism. He interviewed, uh, so that was, that was really, really great on his part. But he wrote a story this week uh, about David Silverman, who is the former head of the American Atheists. Mm-hmm. And that guy just attended some Catholic conference somewhere. And it was a, and it, the, the, the social justice movement has literally driven a lot of these guys who were atheists into the arms of the Definitely. Christian right. Okay. Definitely. This guy is now saying that he might vote for Trump. Holy shit. Holy shit. Like, holy shit. Right. I mean, like voting for a theocracy, essentially. Right. Yeah. I mean, yep. and, and like, this is really important because you do get this driving out of the, uh, <clears throat> of the of some of the intelligentsia uh, and it, it's telling that they're frequently almost exclusively white men that are that are like really ticked off by the social justice element like you just said justice mm-hmm. right and um and look i mean i'm not going to sit here and say that sam harris doesn't care about justice i don't think that's true but i think that he doesn't but i i think that he he's make he makes two mistakes first of all he did because I don't think he fully grasped the idea of the movement. I think that he lumps the idea of justice in general with like the, you know, the, uh, the, the people that Steven Pinker hates on Congress, you know, right. The cultural Marxists, right. The, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, what is the, cultural Marxism? What is he? What I don't even mean? know what that fucking means. Yeah. Right. But like, but like, but like, but he lumps them in with the people who are, he lumps it all of them. What's the word I'm looking for? But the, the people on the academic left, the postmodernist left, right? Post-modernist, the postmodernist yeah. left. That's the word I'm looking for. And so, so they lump social justice in with all of that. And I think that is, that is a, that is lazy. I think that's lazy. Right. And I also think that Sam Harris has this idea of like, he's a very, he like, he, he just likes to, he likes to poke taboos also, you know? And so he like, and, 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 and I think the only real good argument he makes in this sense is that like, if we don't address the issues that the left won't touch, then, then the right will deal with the, we'll, we'll, we'll address these issues. And I get that argument, but again, I think he overlooks the, 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 the justice, the importance of the pursuit of justice. Here's the fissure there. Okay. The fissure mm-hmm. between, um, you know, Steven Pinker makes a great case for biological determinism. Yes. And yes. the left hates that. The left hates it. They think that yep, they, hate know, it. they think that racism is taught. They think that, you know, uh, all these things that you can, that, that, that they come down heavily on the side of nurture. And, and, yes. and we've got heavily. Science, 
science uh, uh, is really on the side of, of, of nature, you know, and, and, and with nurture, but, you know, yeah. but in a balance. But uh, a lot of people on the left don't want to admit that there's any genetic determinism whatsoever, because they think that it's going to, the, they think if they admit that, that we're going to end up with eugenics, scientific racism, and all that crap. So it's a big, big tactical error on the part of the left. They have, they have basically um, refused to acknowledge the science there. And so they've, they've, they've put themselves, they've painted themselves into a corner. So people like Sam Harris and Steven Pinker correctly come along and say, hey, you guys are, are denying the science on this point and, uh, and you're wrong. And, and, but that, that what that leads them then into doing is to opposing social justice, which exactly. is, uh, you know, I don't even, I don't even know. So um, I like Dawkins. I like uh, Pinker. I like Harris. You know, so this is this is a painful for me to to watch these guys kind of descend, you know, go down this rabbit hole and, and to see them literally thinking about about that they would vote for Trump. I mean, Trump and, and Pence are the most theocratic administration ever to be in power in the United States, in addition to the most corrupt. And so Definitely. on this point, on this point of what you can't tell dirty jokes, that's what you're going to you're going to you're going to you're going to uh, sacrifice civilization on the altar of being able to say hateful shit. That's that's what it comes down to. Exactly. And, and, and it's always couched in like free speech, right? Like it's always couched in free speech, right? This idea that like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you know, uh, the, 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 the solution to um, the solution to uh, to hate speech or to to racism is more speech. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and look at it. And, 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 and I get that argument and I'm all about free speech. I really, really am. But again, the but the, the, the I but the idea that. First of all, things should go unchallenged. That 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 people should be able to uh, just just outright lie. And because, like, I think it overlooks the fact that, right, like, like we talked about Mark Zuckerberg earlier, right? Like, once that stuff is out there, it doesn't matter what else you say to counter it, because people are going to like pick that fruit up and say, "Look, well, this fruit looks better than this fruit. The truth is not as is not as pretty as this apple that's fake, right?" And I'm going to pick up this fruit every time. You know, and that's why it's dangerous. That is why it's dangerous. And that's why it's really imp- important for people like Sam Harris, but an unbelievably big platform, right, yeah. to, 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 yes, confront the fallacies on the left, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and certainly don't get into the bathtub with the right. That's fucking insane. And, and it just, just goes to show you where their, where their priorities are, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and, and again, it's, we say this until we're blue in the face, but it's privilege. If you're, yes, a, if you're exactly. a successful, wealthy, you know, podcaster, uh, professor, uh, all of these things, you know, like uh, uh, Dawkins is in the Royal Society, like these guys hurt for nothing. They will never exactly. feel want or lack or need health care or any of those other things. They will never suffer misogyny. They will never suffer any of those things. So their privilege blinds them to the importance of these issues for those who are not as fortunate. And that, gets, that brings us kind of full circle. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, that and, and right. And, and it is. And, you know, I, I, at some point I want like, you know, I want to just keep tweeting at, you know, Sam Harris until like, you know, I'm just going to tweet at him. I'm going to tweet at him. I'm going to tweet at him. I know he doesn't, you know, he's used to having people yell at him on his tweet and, in, 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 you know, in, in his feed, obviously, but it's just so infuriating to me because I like the guy. I mean, right. And, and, and like these guys, Harris, I know you feel the same way, Harris, Dawkins, like these guys were like instrumental to my evolution into a person who thinks about problems rationally, right? Who doesn't think about the terms and and, say, right? I mean, I grew up in a religious environment, right? I mean, I grew up in an environment where a deontology, a deontological perspective was the perspective, right? Hierarchy was the perspective, right? And I bucked against that. But ultimately, I always had that voice in the back of my head, right? Guys like Sam Harris, Dawkins, and Pinker helped, like, help quiet that voice. I mean, I'm internally grateful for that. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, guys, though, like, like, are you just running out of things to say? And so now you just have to poke another hornet's nest? That you know, that's what it kind of feels like, right? And so, well, I think that's really problematic. They you know? have mag- they have magnified uh, this free speech issue beyond all uh, proportion. I mean, and, and, and the left does this too, I gotta say. I mean, the ACLU defended Nazis in Skokie in 1970. Right, okay. right. So uh, like, like this, is, this has been going on a long time, this idea that, you know, unfettered. And, and I have to say the reason why it's so bad is because of the, uh, of the, of the familiarity heuristic and the backfire effect. And what that basically mm-hmm. means is that if, 
if even if once some once some bullshit is out there, like the birther lie or any of these other things, um, the process of debunking it. Like if I come on Facebook and I or or or, or uh, Twitter and I say, hey, this birther lie is not true because X, Y, and Z, and I and I and I point out the facts. What that does is it actually cements the birther lie more firmly in many people's minds because they've heard about it again. It's like, well, if everybody's talking about it, it must be something to it. And the, the studies have been done over and over again to demonstrate how people who have been exposed to debunkings are actually more likely to believe the lie than people who haven't heard about it at all. Fascinating, fascinating, right? And then just sort of people dig in their heels, right? You right. So like, uh, and 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 we we talk about this a lot, and I think it's really important because this is sort of how uh, how I like to frame things. I know you like to frame things this way way as well, which is like we're talking about human nature here, right? We are talking about. Um, uh, with like and fallacies, right? The the, the 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 mental traps that we fall into, and that and that that are not that those are not that's not a moral conundrum. That that is not a that that is that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. It just means that I'm a human being, right? And I have these tendencies to when someone challenges me, my initial reaction, and someone challenges a belief of mine, my initial reaction is to dig my heels in. That is what we do. That is not because I'm a bad person or I'm a smart person or I'm a stupid person. It's because I'm a human being. And so that's why these sort of things, these absolute sort of values, these absolute absolutism in general, absolute values, absolute freedom of speech, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I get it, but you have to temper it in the context of human nature, right? Like, like you're saying, if this thing gets out on the internet and people are talking about it, every time it's refuted, for every one person that that helps debunk it, there's like four people who have dug their heels in more. And so this is why it's so struck. And look, I don't have answers. I don't have easy answers to this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it's important that we can, people like you and me and everyone out there like that is watching this who is going to share this because that is what we're asking you to do and is going to sign up for the Instagram account, right? You're going to spread this stuff. Like you, it's important that we continue to, to talk about this stuff and continue to, to stay in this fight. But we also have to look at how this misinformation gets here in the first place. And, 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 I, and again, we talked, we did a whole show on free speech. It's not an easy issue, but yeah. uh, you know, it's not, it's just not, it's really not. Um, it's, well, and I don't have easy answers to it. I don't. We have to look at the structure of the mind and we have to look at the structure of society and what uh, what social media has done and mass media in general. I mean, there's a lot of scholarship going back uh, on, on, on mass media, you know, uh, <clears throat> Marshall McLuhan, Neil Postman, uh, going forward into, into now there's, there's what we have is we have a, a, a force that is an unstoppable force started with Gutenberg uh, with the distribution, mm. the mass information, mm-hmm. this is a, this is something that could potentially flatten hierarchies. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, because because before Gutenberg, you know, everything had to be copied manually. Well, now we've gone to the exact opposite extreme, and we may be wrapping around to the fact where social media is actually helping build, you know, new hierarchies. It's actually enabling authoritarianism. So, it's it's a it's a it's a fascinating. Uh, uh, topic and uh, to understand the interplay between media and, and civilization. But it's something we really need to understand because we're being affected by it. Our entire future is being impacted by how we deal with these ideas. And so uh, one of the things, and I think as we get close to the end of our time, we start talking about what, what we're going to be doing next week, which is we're going to be talking to Matthew Remsky, uh, he, who has the Conspirituality podcast? I was I, I I mentioned this last week, but now we actually we actually uh, got into agree to be on the show. So we hope that happens. And um, he's going to be talking to us about about QAnon and how QAnon is is it, and the whole interplay with cults. And interesting thing is is that all three of us uh, uh, have have grown up or been in cults at various times. And so that should be a really interesting show because that's another part of the dynamic of how people accept bad information is through, you know, cults play on deontology and, and, and hierarchy in a major, major way. So that's another piece to the puzzle. So, uh, absolutely, 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 Sean. I'm really looking forward to that talk. I think we're going to have a really great time. I think, um, uh, yeah, so that's going to be fantastic. Everybody should definitely show up for that. I think, um, you know, and we can't talk about these sort of ideas, right? Like, it, it's easy for us to think about um, on the left, on the on that, like all, like right. People on the right tend to be more religious. People on the right, um, I mean, th- they voted for a guy who just lies all the time, and they still, and a lot of t- people still support, right? So, like, right, there's there, there a very, very uh, tenuous relationship with truth, right, and and with observable fact, and so we we, we associate that with the right. 
Yeah. But on the left, we're seeing, and this is this is sort of we keep coming back to this over the course of this show because I think it's because I think it's important, and that is right. Like that, on the left, you know, like the, 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 the there's plenty of conspiracy theories for the left, right? There is plenty of 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 ideas that are not based in fact, right? There are ideas that like that that are that are not connected. Uh, to reality. So like, like, you know, and, and that are just impractical, that are just impractical, like in terms of Biden and attacking Biden, attacking Harris, right? And not understanding that, look, there is, there's this connection, turns out, between how you talk about people online, how you, how you, uh, how you deal with information online and the candidate. It's some, for some reason, and, and, and what happens in, 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 in 2020, there's something that happened, that, that, that there's a disconnect on the left that like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, speak my mind and, and uh, I'm going to vote for my, my conscience and all this kind of stuff without understanding that there is a direct connection. And even if you will live in a state where your vote quote doesn't matter, let's say you live in Texas, right? And you're like, oh, my vote doesn't matter. So I'm going to vote for Jill Stein and I'm going to, but then, but you all, but you're not just voting for Jill Stein though, right? You're going online and you're ta- and you're, and, and you're ripping on Hillary Clinton, right? You're going online and you're spreading Jill Stein stuff. So it's, if it were just your vote, that would be, that'd be one thing, but it's, not just your vote. It is. It is a movement. It is a movement that we're trying to establish here. And everybody has to get on board. After the election, we can fight all we want. Absolutely, we can fight all we want after the election, and we should. We should. Right. We should. We should. We should come up with new ideas. I agree. But at but right now, one thing only. One thing only for the next three months. I would love for everyone watching this to just commit to not shitting on Biden or Harris until after the election. Total moratorium on criticism of the Democratic Party from the left, because guess what? Right now, Democratic Party, as it is, it's as left as it's going to get. It's not getting any more left. we got our platform. Convention's happening starting next week. Uh, this is as left as it gets, folks. And the Dems need to not just get lefty votes. They need to get votes from the center. They need to get votes from disaffected Trumpers, okay? We're talking about running up the score. We're talking about putting points on the board. That's all we're talking about right now. This is like a video game. You have to think about it that way. And, and this is one subject here that I really, I just can't stand is this idea of damning uh, Democrats with faint praise. Like I ha- I've, I've heard people uh, multiple times uh, uh, this week on threads who are saying, well, you know, I don't like those guys, but I'm definitely voting for them. It's like, well, yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah. then why don't you say it? Why don't you get out there full-throated defense, okay? Because if you're really worried about the Postal Service, you're really worried about Trump, you're really worried about the destruction of our democracy, then you should be passionately, passionately for Biden and Kamala Harris. And that's all. Get over your deontology. Get over your deontology. Come to the succumb, come into the water, the utilitarianism. The water is fine. It is fine, right? Yes, Biden while might not be your star candidate, I was a, I was an Elizabeth Warren guy. I was an Elizabeth Warren guy. I loved Elizabeth Warren, right? And I still love Elizabeth Warren. But you know what kind of guy I am right now? I'm a fucking Biden-Harris guy. And you know why? Because I don't like theocracy. I don't like fascism. And I like being black and alive. So, you know? Well, that's it. Um, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Write us with your questions and thoughts at theradicalsecular at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Sean Prophet. Thanks very much for watching, and we will see you next week. I'm Christoph Defoe. It's been a pleasure, and we shall see you out there and on the other side. You've been listening to The Radical Secular, a podcast dedicated to the separation of church and state. For full video episodes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you.